You're listening to Winnipeg's Classic 107. My name is Simon Rusnak. Since first performing in the city as a 16-year-old, Dutch recorder player Lucy Horsch has gone on to become one of the most celebrated virtuosi on her instrument. Now, six years later, the sparkling and stylish player returns to town, once again performing alongside Anne Manson and the Manitoba Chamber Orchestra. Joining me now is Lucy Horsch. Welcome back to Classic 107, and welcome back to Winnipeg. Thank you. It's so nice to be back. Well, it must feel so great, especially since... um, you were last in town virtually. Uh, we connected ahead of that performance alongside the Manitoba Chamber Orchestra as part of their spring and summer festival that took place online last year. How does it feel to actually be back in the city of Winnipeg? Yeah, it's wonderful. It's it's much better than the online version, I have to say, even though, I mean, yeah, we had, we, we, you have to start thinking creatively in, in COVID times what was still possible. But it's, it's yeah, I think also two years ago, you, you I couldn't really imagine what would be possible at some point. I didn't really, I try to not have any expectations for the future. So I'm really happy that it seems like now things are start, starting to um, go back to normal a little bit. And we were chatting just before um, we started um, this conversation, and you're here at a great time because it is Commuter Challenge Week. It's Bike to Work Week in Winnipeg. And when I think biking, I think Dutch. Uh, does, does that sound about right to you? Totally. Yes. Yeah. I, I use a bike every, I've used a bike every single day of my life. So that's very, that's a very Dutch thing. And also the Dutch people have the tendency to, when whenever they are abroad, they bring their bike tradition with them so they whenever wherever they are they rent bikes or they shop so maybe to be true to my dutch nature i should maybe also rent a bike here in winnipeg yeah that's just it cycle down to uh, westminster church so just before we get uh, chatting about the program itself um i, I want to go back because I'm, I'm really appreciative of you taking the time to chat with me again i so enjoyed our last conversation i kind of want to pick up where we left off um you were telling us about the the power of the recorder it's it's versatility it's accessibility and it's closeness to the human voice but then also talking about the, the sort of prejudice that surrounds the instrument it's one that people might think more squeaky than than singing can we talk more about that because i'm not sure that there are too many other instruments that have the same sort of baggage that that accompanies them yes absolutely no 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 yeah i think there's positive sides and negative sides to this image of the recorder because i think most people know the instrument so that's good i mean everybody has some kind of association with the recorder or some some memory linked to it whether, whether they were forced to do it in school or something but the thing is that usually after concerts, people tell me, oh, I didn't know that, that was possible with the recorder. So there's also this negative side to the to the prejudice about the instrument being just a school instrument or just a starting instrument. And that's actually what even my own parents were musicians. They thought when I started playing the recorder, oh, she will move to maybe another more serious instrument after a few years. Um, but they didn't know anything about the recorder when I started playing. So that's... Yeah, it was very much this this journey of um, discovery for me also, of everything the recorder has to offer. And that's not something that you learn in school, of course, when you're just learning in a classroom. Yeah, you've sort of smashed that stereotype um, through your, your incredible career. And I have to say, working at a classical music radio station, I mean, there may be a couple other instruments that come to mind. I mean, maybe the organ has a certain stereotype associated with it. And actually, the human voice, very divisive. Anytime we put the human voice over the airwaves, some people love it and, and some people react strongly in a, a different way, which I think is really, really interesting, especially since you talk about the closeness between the human voice and 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 the recorder, right? Yes, absolutely. I think the, the, the sound of recorder is so personal and it's very much almost like yeah if someone criticizes your sound it feels like they're criticizing your own voice so I try to I mean that's something I've been working on my whole life to develop my sound and to also I think that's that's a very personal thing how you imagine your sound 
how you imagine your your sound to be like and what what you want it to uh, ideally sound like and i've always taken the human voice as um my ideal picture of like what i wanted to uh imitate almost on the recorder you know when i was introducing you here uh, i mentioned that you were first in town as a 16 year old um 6 years ago playing alongside the mco and um i'm i'm thinking about modeling your playing after the human voice and and the sound that you hear um being a 16-year-old, I know as a guy, it was a pretty cracky time for me and my voice. I'm wondering how for you over the years has has your voice changed on the recorder or or has it? Has it been consistent? How has your understanding of, of your sound changed? That's a really good question. And I don't know if I can answer that uh, well enough because, of course, it's difficult to judge yourself. But if mm-hmm. I listen back to my old album, I think I always had this love for uh, lower frequencies maybe because my parents are both cellists or Mm. somehow i had this so i've always since i was since i started playing the recorder i love the kind of deeper sound of the alto and the tenor and the bass recorder um so i think that has remained the same but i think maybe my taste also in the kind of music that i that i like to play has changed a little bit i started with a lot of like virtuosic Vivaldi and nowadays I'm more and more like kind of looking forward to the slow movements always too because that's in a way more challenging on a recorder because to play fast is just a technical asset but to play a slow movement beautifully with a stable tone that's really tricky and really difficult. Yeah, and you do it so, so well. Um, I, I'm really curious because up on the MCO website, uh, they have this promotional photo of you clutching uh, a handful of, of your recorders. And I mean, you mentioned the, the tenor and the alto and, and, and the you know lower recorders. How many recorders did you actually bring with you to Winnipeg? Do you have 10? Do you have more? Do you have 20? Like, how many did you bring to town? No, usually the, the funny thing is at home, I have a lot of instruments. So like 40 or, but wow. I never need them all in one concert. It's it, That would only be for like, uh, for example, a photo shoot. I bring right. them all because then you can use them as like props. Yeah, you put them in your hair, like as up on your Instagram page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone was actually holding them. Everybody thinks that's photoshopped, but there were, the stylist was sitting behind me holding the recorders behind my neck and stretching her arms so that's my maybe also why my face in that picture is so well, i have to laugh so it actually helped with uh, getting the right picture in the end no but yeah i i in this in the, for this occasion i think i need two recorders for the kulesha concerto and uh, one different one for the bach so i only need three in the concert but i brought some extra recorders for a possible encore maybe mm. uh, and i brought some other recorders also to practice on so usually for for a concert, I would bring maybe six instruments, something like that, for a recital a little bit more, because in a recital you try to show the showcase a variety of different types of recorders as much as possible. I'm also curious, do you bring um, multiple recorders just in case one sounds better or reacts better to a climate? I mean, like Winnipeg's climate is very different from a Dutch climate versus a, a, a Paris climate or something like that, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I have that option, I, I will I will take several instruments to try them out. In this case, actually, I brought two different Sopraninos, which are very different in sound quality, but I still haven't decided which one I will end up using for the concert. So I will see whatever sounds better mm-hmm. in the church, in, in the acoustic of the... yeah. Well, as we talked about uh, last time, there's this big gap in in recorder repertoire. There's plenty of Renaissance Baroque works, and then there's some contemporary works, and that's exactly what we get in this MCO program. Can we first chat a little bit about the the Bach on the program? More music that the recorder has to steal, right? This isn't originally for the recorder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will never forgive Bach for never writing a recorder concerto. That's such a, such a pity. Because he, he adapted his own concertos for all different types of instruments. He always made like a harpsichord version, mm-hmm. a violin, 
concerto version of the same material and then he also made it into a cantata or usually he started with the cantata and then used that material to construct a, another concerto from that more soloistic one but i feel that he has given in that sense the license to other instruments to also make adapt concertos for their for their instrument because um bach did use the recorder and he knew the instrument but he used it more as a kind of um I think a special sound effect in some mm. of his cantatas. So he knew the instrument, but probably there were no virtuosic recorder players really at that time. So he wouldn't have written a specific partita for the for the recorder, rather for the traverso. Uh, so in that sense, I feel a little bit entitled to to do these kind of things. And and also the music that has been written for oboe really lends itself so well for the recorder because the instruments have the exact same range. Yeah. So in this case, concerto is originally written for violin and oboe and violin. Yeah. Uh, so it works really well to do it with recorder and violin. Yeah, I think uh, two harpsichords, then it gets adapted over for violin and oboe and, and BWV uh, 1060 R, and then and then adapted again uh, for you in, in the recorder. Where does this um, adaptation come from? Is have have you added your own flair to this? Um, like I'm thinking of even in terms of like cadenzi or something like that, or is it something that you you pick up elsewhere? So that's always tricky with Bach, like how far can you go in making it your own? But mm-hmm. definitely when you make this kind of adaptation, you have to make some choices because there's always, there's some passages which might not work so well on the recorder. And I then always try to make the decision based on, I know my instrument the best. So I take the, the liberty to also sometimes add ornaments that sound good on a recorder, which maybe you would not do on an oboe. Uh, so it's a kind of mix of, of for sure. Yeah, it, it, it is my own version and I played it um i played it for the first time the last time i played it was a really long time ago i think maybe six years ago or something oh wow Um, but in in the sense it's not really an adaptation as in it's it's in principle i just played the notes which are written by bach for the oboe yeah yeah exactly i mean this is a very as you said uh, baroque thing to do you 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 play it on the instruments that are available and of course you will be there with your instrument playing alongside concertmaster of of the management chamber orchestra the great carl stoby that is going to be absolutely stunning so looking forward to it and unlike the bach the other work on the program by contemporary canadian composer uh, gary kulesha was actually written for the recorder and not just for the recorder but with a specific recorder player in mind the great uh, mikla petri this is a work from 1991 tell us about your relationship relationship with this piece of music lucy so my relationship with this piece has started because i i was asked to to prepare it for this concert so it's really really cool to get to know this to have gotten to know this piece through this project and um i'd never played a work by a canadian composer before so hmm. that's also exciting for me and um it's nice to kind of start with an open mind with a piece like this because i tried to i mean i listened to the recording of michaela petri once um, but I also try to kind of figure the music out for myself and see, yeah, what my interpretation is. And it's 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 a piece that offers a lot of um, possibilities for creativity. And uh, yeah, I I'm think, really looking forward. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's interesting to hear that this is the first work you're going to be performing by a Canadian, and especially since it was one written for Mikla Petri and, and not trying to model yourself after, you know, their playing, but, but making it your own. And I think we, earlier we were talking about, you know, how your voice has changed and how you're starting to enjoy the slower movements. And, and when I think recorder, I think light and carefree and, and fluttering. But, but this work is, is really somber, isn't it? Yeah, it has this very uh, melan- melancholic aspect to it with the, with the notes that are kind of sliding off, the, like a zoifter almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it is, uh... But there's also some virtuosic. In the last movement, it becomes more kind right. of rhythmic. You you hear this percussive element of the recorder very much. So, so does, I really use 
scope of the instrument also. Well, that's just it. And I mean, I think it, it calls for two different recorders, right? Yes, the slow movement is for alto recording. And that's something that, that is very often with contemporary pieces. You notice that the composers realize, oh, this balance thing with the recorder, if you want it to be a tutti sound of the orchestra, you actually need either a soprano or a sopranino to get through that and to not create a problem in balance. And then for the slower movement to have a different sound color, they use a lower instrument because it's softer in sound. But then for slow movement, that would work. Well, uh, Lucy, it sounds like it's going to be a great show. I'm sure that it will be Wednesday and Thursday. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with me today at Classic 107. It's been great reconnecting with you and welcoming you back to Winnipeg. So happy to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. And you can find more details up on the MCO website, themco.ca, or of course, classic107.com under the events tab.